faster, stronger, smarter. Coach Stephanie explores the art and science of ketogenic diets to optimize athletic performance. Welcome to the Keto Endurance Podcast. Hi, everybody. Thanks again for joining me on the Keto Endurance Podcast. I'm excited that you're here today, and I'm inviting you to join me on February 21st at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to learn the three most important tips to becoming a fat-burning machine. Please check the show notes, and there will be a link to sign up for the webinar. Thanks, and now on to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the Fitness Nerds Podcast. I am here with Dr. Melanie Srinan, and she is a speaker, author, and coach in the field of clinical psychology. She's helped athletes climb to the peak of Mount Everest, Olympic uh, people with the Olympic trials for swimmers. She's helped college fitness teams, and she's here to help you get some insights on sports performance and training and mental attitude. So welcome, Coach Melanie. Hi. Hello, everybody. How are you today? And, oh, Stephanie, I've been watching all the amazing things that you're doing with your athletes, and kudos to you. Happy, happy 2017. This is the year for you and all your athletic abilities to expand and grow and for the people that you work with to just take on all the information that you give them. I mean, I've experienced working with you um, and riding with you, and wow, there is so <laughs> much rich information you have. So thank you for inviting me today. I feel thank blessed. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I feel blessed to have you, and I am lucky enough to say that Melanie is not only a, a coach, but she's a good friend of mine, and we both text each other almost every day. Somebody, mm-hmm. Melanie, is a little better about texting <laughs> hers first, <laughs> but we do, we do a gratitude journal every day. Um, we write things that we're grateful for now and three things that we're grateful for in the future um, to each other each day so we can keep on track with our goals and to stay positive, which I think are, um, it's something that I would like to talk about in relationship to that is how in sports performance, the first thing you really want to know is to know what your goal is and to be honest with yourself about it. So can you talk a little bit about, about that and about how, um, how that what's going on in your brain when you set up specific goals and you adhere to them yeah so the first piece is you said you know how do you really stay honest with yourself and i you know commitment to athletics is really the relationship with you having a better relationship with yourself because we all know that we're wired to perform that we're wired to achieve and that we're wired to want to better ourselves. And we also know that exercise and performance are really, really amazing ways to raise our self-respect, our self-esteem, our self-confidence, and it's a great way to keep yourself from being depressed or anxious 
or in just having great relationships because there's other people out there that are loving and doing the same thing you're doing. So that said, you know, just a little bit, Stephanie, if you will, and, you know, tell me if you want to go, you know, in a different direction. When I've worked with athletes, with whole teams, um, even a college team I worked with, um, I said, let me have, I love to do experiments. So, like, let me just try this one on. And so in the work, one of the things that I work with the athletes on is what is your underlying commitment? So have any of you said, gosh, I really want to, like, win this race, or I really want to outperform my time this year or this week? Or I really want to beat that person that always gets the first place or whatever that is. And then there's always the same old story. So there's two pieces to this, this underlying commitment or this commitment that's kind of unconscious, like, oh, you know, my teacher always said that I, you know, would never be a good swimmer. Um, wow, you know, my my brother always beat me at the 50-yard dash. There's no way I'll ever really be a good runner. But that, that that's an unconscious piece that's running in the background on autopilot, and we don't even know it. And so self-awareness is really important. If you're finding yourself saying, gosh, I really want to lose weight, or I really want to win that race, or I really want to go so many miles, or I want to go at this speed, or I want to take on this triathlon, and you're not doing it, then that's kind of a cue that something is running in the background that's a competing agreement with yourself that's stronger than the outward one that, that seems really like, why am I not achieving this goal? So does that make sense, Stephanie, in terms of what yes. you're, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I'm, I, I'm asking or, or, or would like you to talk about. So how does someone go about saying, I want to have this time at this uh, Ironman and I know how to train for it. I know what to do, but my underlying commitments uh, or beliefs interfere with that. How can you realize what those beliefs are in order to help resolve them? That's a great question. How do we know? that we've got an underlying commitment going on or an underlying competing agreement with ourselves. And typically what, when you find yourself saying, I want X, Y, or Z, and you end up with A, B, or C, that that's your cue, that there's an underlying commitment. And then you can look at the pattern that you have. Wow, I get right to that time and then I get sick or I get right to that time and I get busy. My kids need me or you know, I get right to that ultimate expression of myself in this realm, and then, you know, something happens and I end up, you know, derailed. So that underlying, so you're clear there's an underlying commitment, and then it's really simple. You ask your question, who am I? What am I really here to do? And that's, it can be big world, like as in my purpose on this planet, or it can be what am I here to do in this triathlon or in this training or in this cycling or on this team? And then what is my commitment to myself? What That's question number two. Number three is what are the rackets, old stories? You know, what are the parts of me that say no? 
And you, I guarantee you that you will get the answer if you sit and you wait. Because That's the answer's the already there. <laughs> exactly. Because especially all my athletes, they just want to get busy. And, you know, I get that. Right. I just want to stay busy and I just want to push through. Well, the, the push through isn't working or we wouldn't be having this conversation. And with so many athletes, it's the push through part that is their best friend and their worst enemy in the same moment. Yeah. So can say, okay, well, I don't really know what that is. I don't really know what my underlying commitment is. And so then we can do multiple choice. It can have a great coach like you that says, well, a lot of my athletes will have, I'm not good enough. Um, I don't understand it. It's too hard. I can't. I remember when my coach did this or said that, or I remember when I almost, and then I fell and it broke my collarbone or that you start looking at multiple choice. So it's kind of like mind mapping. You just, Put it on the page. Just start throwing things out. And this came to that. And this went with that. And this. And I guarantee you that then you will. The answer will be very, very clear. And very, very clear. So let's say you have an athlete. Mm-hmm. Myself. I. Mm-hmm. This is something that I have struggled with in the past, and I'm better about. So you identify the problem. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, you know, I have this underlying commitment of being, um, I have a habit of being a victim or identify myself as a slow person or, you know, I was, you know, judged in the past or when I was young, I, you know, was awkward and, or whatever mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, okay, when I was 12, this isn't this isn't an example of something that happened to me, but like, you know, let's say someone was 12 years old and they couldn't keep up at a middle school track practice or whatever. And so Mm -hmm. they decided, well, I'm just a slow person and that's who I am. And 20 years later, they decide to run a marathon and they realize, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's my 12 year old me talking. Mm -hmm. And that's not the, you know, 22 year old who, you know, me talking. At mm-hmm. what point do you say, like, even though you recognize the problem, pushing mm-hmm. past it, mm-hmm. like, is it just adhering to the training plan and really pushing harder? But it, Well, it's, or, no, it's actually or, first talking to that, uh, that competing agreement. I am slow. I am awkward. I am 12. Okay. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, for instance, I mean, when I, you know, I love, 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 and you know this about me. I love, 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 love to run. And I love, yes. love, 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 love to bike. Yes. And I kind of like swimming. But that at, at <laughs> yeah, seven me, years me old. Me too. <laughs> at seven years old, I had, I was the queen of the 50-yard dash. Of course. At, at eight, I was still the queen of it. I could win, beat any boy. At eight and nine, I was still. But at eight, I had a full-blown seizure in the middle of making my way to the finish line. And that scared me, and I would say almost to death, literally. And so when I would think about sprinting, running as fast as I could, I would get scared. So that's kind of like you talking about the 12-year-old that's, that's awkward. 
And so an example of that, whether it's something really traumatic or a long kind of like, like that was a moment of trauma for me. For you, that, that was a kind of a long ending. I'm awkward. I'm awkward. I'm awkward. And so for whether it's something quick and traumatic, like my example, or yours that's kind of long and irritating is what I would call that, that either way, you've acknowledged it, and then you integrate it. I'm like, wow. So the awkwardness, so how can I integrate the awkward? Like, what about the awkwardness can propel me into a better athlete if I integrate it? And how so does do you anything come it? up for you when you say into it, when you think, wow, in- integrate awkwardness? Well, I think about integrating awkwardness is some of mm-hmm. it is, um, you know, just focusing on things that I haven't been awkward in to see that that's not compatible. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing. So one is that you're seeing the real truth is that, there, there is stability and there's strength and there's quick movement and there's quick thinking. And an, and an integration of the awkwardness is that it gives you strength. Like awkward is I'm taking it, I'm being very conscious, I'm being very solid about this, I'm being very mindful about this. That's really what awkward is. I mean, when you're 12 and they're making fun of you because you're going slow, it's like you're being more mindful. So now integrate that mindfulness into your system, and all of a sudden now you're performing better. Because you're being more meticulous. Yes, yes. You know, so, and, you know, for someone like me with the trauma of like that, that was, and so again, that was like, okay, wow, now I know that I can sprint so fast, and even if I don't win, I can still feel that amazing feeling of having given it my all. And so it began to be a, like an attraction to giving my all. And then I could apply that to other things. And it actually was a part of helping me overcoming the seizure disorder. And so we can, if you want, also shift into So the, that's one piece. That's the underlying belief, commitment, or program that you're running in the background. So that's one thing. Another thing where we can do this in another podcast is um, the thinking aspects that go with it. So you noticed I went from you reframing the awkwardness to mindfulness or reframing right. having a seizure or having some traumatic thing happen. Another thing I was um, told, as I had six brothers, and I was told, you know, that's really not nice. When you beat your brother, it really makes him feel bad. And so I, I could feel shame around being better. Well, I was faster than all the boys, but most girls are at that age, right? And so to overcome <laughs> that, it's like, you know, I would I would talk to the boys about, did I really make you feel bad? And they're like, no, but I hate you. And I was like, oh, okay, good. You know, so that you, again, <laughs> taking that, yeah. that energy and moving it into a positive frame. And it's not being Pollyannish. It's like being one with what is. And it's right. all in the game. It's all in the competition. And then the next piece is kind of, I don't know if it's time to segue into the thinking aspect. No, no. Keep yeah. going, Melanie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that the thinking piece 
is then the other part. So once you've identified the underlying commitment or underlying program or the self-defeating unconscious autopilot, whatever you want to call it, then, and you've integrated, you said, what do I need for you to become a healthy, healthy, integrated part of me? And you reframe it, you integrate it, or you make an agreement for it to just go take a permanent vacation. Whatever it is, it's gone. You're not resisting it. You're not remembering it. You've integrated it, and you know it. So that's part one. Part two is then how you think from there on. So often my athletes will say, um, well, I'm not going to think like that. And I'm like, oh, yes, you are. You're going to think like this. So the difference is is when I'm not going to think like that means you're resisting a thought, which means exactly that you're going to think like that, even if you say you're not, right? It's like don't right. think so of a white you, elephant, right? Right, and so you're going to think of a white elephant. Or, yeah. Or I'm, yeah. I'm not going to, you know, right, the, that's – don't think of the color purple, and that's the first thing you think of is exactly. the color purple. Exactly. So that's the other piece, and we know this, and I studied for a year doing research with brains at the sanctuary at Sedona and worked with people that some that were addicted to exercise and eating and, you know, some that were addicted to other things, but that I was able to, I can say this with a new kind of authority, that what you think, I can watch their thoughts and their brain change. And that thinking, when we apply that to athletes, we can see the chemistry in the whole system. And Stephanie, you can talk more eloquently about this than I can, but the whole system jumps on board. Right, and with the way it, your brain fires. and Yes, well, the way your brain yeah. fires, fires and wires. So when you say... I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to have this time, then you, your brain goes, oh, well, that's a new scenario. And then your, the brain in your heart says, and by the way, there is a brain in the heart. It's not just a pump for blood. Um, when the brain is in the heart, and I'll say more about that with heart math in a minute, um, the brain in the heart goes, oh, I got that. And, you know, you've been working out, you've been at the gym, you've been doing your diet and you know you've got everything lined up i'm with you on that that works just fine for me and the gut says oh heck yeah i'm i'm all trying to you've been treating me really good with the right exercise and the right food and you know i'm ready to go so that's when everybody's in in conversation so i say or you've heard me say stephanie you know know, it's a yes 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 you know when your gut your heart in your brain and your heart in your head and your brain in your heart and your brain in your head are all working together. That's when you're the ultimate athlete. And I we think, know this, you know, we know yeah. this. It's not an opinion. It's science. And I call it thinking with your body because your you body's go. feeling yeah. it. So yeah. if your head has an idea about something, mm-hmm. but you're not feeling it in your body, mm-hmm. then you really don't believe it. Exactly. Exactly. And so I say, you know, think it, smell it, taste it, touch it, feel it, be it, so that you are integrating the thoughts. You you feel what it's like to go across that marathon finish line. You feel yourself, feel the time that you got when you crossed that finish line. You feel what it's like to have the crowd cheering you on. You feel what it's like to, you know, eat a big hamburger afterwards with cheese and 
grease on it, right? So that that, the more alive you are with the feeling aspect, we have proven over and over again is a huge, huge marker for success. So you can think all day long, you can work out all day long, you can post those numbers all day long, you can have them on your mirror, you can have them in your car, you can have them stamped on your forehead, doesn't matter. If you're not feeling it, you might as well hang it up. It's not going to happen. Right? So, Because right? Yeah. you only got one so aspect on... on board. Right. You're not in... Yeah. Your the your body's not within agreement mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. The parts of your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the heart math uh work that you've done and uh, what how that affects performance. So we what we So you were talking you yeah. we were going into a little bit, but yeah. I just want you to expand on yeah. that a little bit more. So um yeah, I said I'd circle back around and talk about those. So first of all, the 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 passion of the athlete lives in the brain and the heart. And so when you fire and wire the heart brain, the brain and the heart, you become alive in a way that lights up the brain in the brain as well. So you've got the feeling center of the brain, the limbic brain. You've also got the fight or flight that can cooperate with you or wear you out. Like, you know, all of us as athletes have gone out and burned ourselves out in the first 50 yards, you know, or the first... 20 miles and then all of a sudden we're out of gas that's when you're in fight or flight but when you're integrating the brain in your heart the passion the love for this the energy around it and when what we know in working with athletes and more and more heart math you can look them up but they are doing more work with athletes now where they can see how the brain in the heart when it's hooked up with the brain and the cerebral cortex and the limbic brain, especially the performance when they're synced up, is, you know, there you are a better performer, period. And it's just a no, no pun intended, it's a no-brainer. So yeah, the performance so talk, the, is huge. Let's talk a little bit about what heart math is, because I think a, a lot of folks don't know what um are you talking about the research from the heart math institute or mm-hmm. um yeah. from information yeah. yeah so the there's a the heart math institute measures the um well i'll let you just give a little outline about what what they do and and that's what we're talking about so heart math is a company that whose goal in the world um is to create more coherence and so what they say is that they have a a global coherence program um and so heart math has been around for very very long time um gosh i researched it 20 years ago when i wrote my first book and they really have researched and studied what when we're paying attention to our heart will shift in the rest of our being and so that and they use they actually measure it yeah with uh yes uh, electronic devices they have a electronic different electronic devices um they started where they just had a lab out in their house out in california um now you can purchase for 130 dollars a a unit that you stick in your iphone so um and then you put that um a little tab on your earlobe 
and hook to your iPhone and it will it'll register your heart and it will coach you on how to be in coherence. So when you can right, automate breathing exercises, yeah. 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 So um, that is a real new thing in performance with athletes. And you can you can Google it and look up what they're doing and the stats that they're coming up with with athletes. They're, I you, can put a link in yeah. the show notes and yeah, talk about that. But yeah. the, so I just wanted to go take a step back a little bit so people could like for folks who don't know what HeartMath is. Mm-hmm. HeartMath is an institute that really focuses on reading heart signals. They have devices that measure it. But so <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to throw that out there. So that um, somebody who was like, what the heck are they talking about? Yeah, well, sure, sure, absolutely, yeah. The HeartMath Institute has been working with training everything from individuals to couples um, where you have a little thing that you put on your finger. I used to, when I would work with couples, I wouldn't let them start their session until they were in coherence. So there's a measure, a way to measure when you're in coherence, which means the heart and the brain are synced up. That means you're in optimal performance, whether it's running a marathon or being in a relationship. And so the corporations, the Olympic trial athletes, I have one that I had um, play with that. Um, and it, it's it's being used more and more across the, the world for a variety of things that, so I use it, you know, just I, you don't have to have the gadget. Um, they they say that for if you just put your hand on your heart for three minutes, you can even ask a question or make a statement like, I'm, I'm good, I've got this, I've got this, I'm winning, or I've got this time, whatever it is that you want in this race or this performance or this weightlifting. And you, with your hand on your heart, you will get um, instant coherence. If you, of course, you have to practice that. You don't wait until your event and then put your hand on your heart and say, okay, think up, guys. <laughs> of course, you know what? If you think that and you believe that, that could be true, too. Right? That's true. Yeah. yeah. But that's a, it's just about being really the the point of heart math and everything. And um, what we're talking about is mm-hmm. if you have goals, and you, you want to achieve them, being in alignment, like, is that really the goal that I want mm-hmm. and the underlying goal? I mean, something that Melanie and I were talking about earlier is when um, when someone has a goal of training for an Ironman, yet they have family obligations and work obligations and they're not able to train and then being upset with themselves. I don't know. I'm referring to myself in the past. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I competed in Ironman, but, uh, or, you know, training for an event and wanting something, but having obligations where they yeah. want to train, but then they say like, oh, my kid needs this or not managing mm-hmm. their time, not delegating uh, and saying yes to things that they want to say no to, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. is that's being out of alignment too. In the fact that you know you can't you can't have serve two masters. You have to have one primary goal and and uh, 
and either which is something I say is like you can't have two a goals you can't or two even two a races training for a race you can't want to get a PR in one race and then you know three months later get a PR in the next or a next race you can only have one a race <laughs> so <laughs> you can only have <laughs> but uh being in alignment and saying that you know I want to be a good mom and you know, I want to train for this Ironman. Well, I need to dedicate this amount of time to my child and this amount of time to my training and realize that having good boundaries on those and being able to delegate are um, just being realistic with yourself in what you really want. And um, when you find that you're not able to be, to really meet the goals that you had set for yourself, looking inside and looking deeper and like, why am I not able to do this? And then that's where you can really seek out those underlying, underlying commitments mm -hmm. or agreements you made with yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a slow athlete mm -hmm. or I'm a bad swimmer. Or I'm awkward and say, Oh, well that's what's really getting in the way. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Or, yeah. Or even issues with growing up uh, mm -hmm. and feeling like, you know, I didn't get the attention I wanted as a child, so mm -hmm. I want to give more attention to my children mm -hmm. when, you know, that could be a dish, another dysfunction. I know that, uh, you know, when I go to the sweat lodge ceremonies with at the sanctuary and um, <laughs> Dean says, like, to those who, you know, were loved not enough or loved too much, you know, there's yes. a balance to things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So and, that and it's important with... to really, really, really fine-tune your self-talk, yes. not just the doing part. So I might say to you, I'm not, but I might say to you, if you know, we're training with you, I would say, first of all, you get to ditch the belief system that says I can't have it all because guess what? You just created resistance to the truth that you can have it all. Now, how you frame having it all does need the details put together. So the details are, um, I am going to be kind to myself and therefore this is what looks like um, energy outward. Energy mastery is energy outward towards my family. And here's energy outwards towards my goal to do an Ironman. Now, as I step back and I see that this is loving and kind to myself, then my thoughts are, I get to have it all. And then you do get to create it all because you are now putting out into the quantum field and it will match your energy. But if your energy is, I can't this and I have to this and I have to that, then that's a lower vibration. It's a lower frequency and therefore you're going to attract more of that. So watch the thinking and find a healthy way to create what you want in all the dimensions so that there is, like you said, so there is balance. But watch the can'ts, you know, watch the what ifs, the, that kind of thing. It's like if it well, comes up. Well, that's a good one for me. Yeah, if it comes up as a can't or a, a what if, then that, that's great. That's the information for you to say, okay, let me, let me look at this again and also let me feel into it, not just 
force myself into it, not just have words around it, but actually, and not just have my to-do list, but am I integrating body, mind, and spirit? Am I integrating and calling in my highest and my best? Or am I going at it from the same place of lack of time or energy or, you know, money to go to the gym or get a trainer or whatever? So we can quietly kind of limit ourselves without even, even with our best intention. And so that's why I go back to the last, the final thing that I would say is meditation is very important, even if it's a walking meditation. I agree. I think that's the number one thing people can do to make their life better. Yeah. I had a college team that I was just, I was a professor at the college, I won't name the college, but they were losing every basketball game they ever. I'm like, let me just do something. Let me just do an experiment. You know, that's me. Like, oh, God, she ran back on experiments again. So I had them come (laughs) and do a stress mapping thing with me that was, you know, a picture of their body and all the different stress points and then just basic stressors and then self-talk. And then after they did that, then every week they would come back and they were to focus on ease and grace in the area where they were feeling the stress and they were going to um, transcend one of the limiting beliefs that they had every week. And so for a whole season, they did those, that, and they could see, if you could see, in my big, my office, in my group room, I would have all the basketball players, they're, you know, big old tall guys, um, laying on the floor doing meditation. And I'd walk them through a visualization and then just being quiet with themselves and notice their breathing and then tune into their heart and then do, you know, the coherent thing. And they won the nationals that year. Oh, and awesome. it's not because I'm that great, but it's like this stuff works. Just. Do it. Knight was not kidding. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> I'm not that great. Think, I'm not a, you know, I wasn't a basketball coach. I didn't even know what it meant, you know. But they right. won the Nationals that year because they just did what you're supposed to do, which is keep it simple, stay the course, and believe it's so hard that it becomes real. Right. And I think yep. some of it is just getting out of the way of your own self. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Get that. Uh, yeah. uh, there's a book that I got that I haven't read yet. It's called The, um, the Ego is the Enemy. It's like, mm-hmm. get away. Get that little ego out of the way. Okay. But I still wouldn't even uh, use that language because your ego is awesome sometimes, too. So I know what you're right. saying. Well, it saves you. But I right. Because the, the ego a, is the one right. that, that will, will throw you over that finish line. Like you've seen right. by Heather Dornett and, you know, and many others since then that have, you know, but you're going to throw that. You, you don't, you don't want to resist any aspect of yourself. The ego is not going away. Just don't have it in the driver's seat. But don't get right. rid of it. <laughs> right. Not well, the enemy. I'm just <laughs> Right. This book is, uh, the book is called The Ego yeah. is Enemy, but I'm familiar but with the, it. It's the, a good book. Yeah. 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 But yeah. so, yeah, I agree. I agree. You don't want to like any part of you because yeah. I think the ego is what saves you. If you need to jump out of a, a car is coming mm-hmm. towards you and mm-hmm. you need the, the impulse to jump away, mm-hmm. that's a good impulse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yep. a, 
or yeah or you're right about you know that little last bit to yeah. to get across the finish line the yeah. 100 yard dash yeah. when you're when you're at a marathon and you come around the corner and you see the shoot and mm-hmm. the finish line and, mm-hmm. and you have that oomph to get up and go mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so i agree i just yeah. think that um you know, the main reason why I wanted to have you on is because I think we're on the same page with belief and training and yeah. that, um, that not only this is just training for an event is just a aspect of life, but it, if you can get your, your mental framework, right, it's, it's, makes you perform you know you perform better Mm -hmm. but it also helps other aspects of your life because having uh memories or belief systems in not only in sport but in relationships or in your job those are all limiting things that can get in the way of of success and um i don't know if it's not only success but just being feeling good about where you're at when yeah. you're there well again it is like you know um self-respect self-discipline self-confidence self-esteem where can you find that in the organization and when you find it i guarantee you it's a happy healthy successful organization you add that same thing to a marriage a family and it's a dynamic, happy, healthy family. You take that away, and you got suicide. We're seeing that every day. Right, and that's, uh, so that's for the, the listeners. World. Me- yeah, that's not. Yeah, Melanie's done a lot of. She's worked with athletes, and uh, a lot of and athletic teams mm-hmm. and athletes who've climbed Mount. Everest, mm-hmm. but um, your big passion is working with um, suicide and suicide research. So, uh, um, and it all spills in together. So, if you, not that people, you know, we're talking, um, achieving athletic success is very important. Mm-hmm. But if you get your body aligned and you're you're more respectful mm-hmm. in alignment with your children, your mm-hmm. family, then you know, I'll let you talk a little bit about that because I'm. Well, I'm you know, the it's really all, yeah, it's all the, it's all the <laughs> relationship, whether it's relationship with your bike or your mother or, you know, your spouse or your boss, it's all about that. When you are feeling in your power and you are aligned body, mind, and spirit, when you're in coherence, you're unstoppable in a good way. You're unconditionally loving. You are kind. You are grateful. You are present. And that breeds self-confidence, self-esteem, self-respect, self-discipline in yourself and others. And when you have that, it's the foundation for all of the self-worth. And it also creates an energetic field that is more positive, more powerful, more hopeful. And people around you can feel it. They feel... That this is a yeah. person that I want to be. I'm comforted when yeah. I'm around a person yeah. who's like that. Yeah, yeah. Wow! Very cool. Nice talk. <laughs> Thanks for inviting yeah. me. I'm just. I hope this yeah. is helpful and 
and that all of you out there really benefit from knowing that it's your life, you know, just do it, right? And it's, it's so That's right. keeping it simple and staying aware. And it's all, it's well, like my belief is it is your nature to perform in whatever way you choose and to have the dream that you have, whether it's with your family or your body or your race, that it's yours. Just stay the course. I, yeah. Yeah, stay in alignment. Yeah. And- yeah. And um, I think keeping it uncluttered and simple. Yeah, I've, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I agree. Well, Melanie, you are going to be giving a talk or a retreat in March. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about what that is and what it's about? I would love that. In fact, if we were talking about HeartMath. They're going to be there all day on Saturday. The CEO Deb Rosman is going to be there talking about heart math, and she will talk about heart math and performance with athletes. Um, with It's Equinox, so it's March 16th through the 20th. And so we will have um, Teresa What's Ram. the name of it? It's, oh, thank you. It's called Self-Empowered Wisdom 2017. So, Self-Empowered Wisdom 2017? Yes, and it's in Sedona at the Creative Life Center, and it is full on about changing the global awareness. So there's Teresa Ramsey, who's one of the top NDs in the country, is going to be there talking about health and wellness. Then um, HeartMath is doing all day Saturday. Sunday, Greg Braden, for the first time in, ever in the history of his work, is going to do a, a day long with me. And we're talking about relationship intelligence and wisdom of the heart. So it's a lot of what we've just talked about, being in coherence, being in alignment, whether it's your relationship with your vehicle, your bicycle, your partner, your boss, your kids, your dog, whatever it is. So we'll be doing an experiential day long in regards to that on Sunday. And then Monday is a ceremony as well um, with, and some of it's out in the land. There's shamans and some very, so look it up on the internet. It's uh, self-empowered I will wisdom. Put a... Yeah. I will put a link to it in the okay. show notes, okay. and then you can put it out there, and mm-hmm. and other folks can, um, you know, send Excellent. it on, and Excellent. hopefully We'd the, love um, to see some of you there and have um, conversation about whatever athletic piece, even if that's the focus or it's relationship. Right, whatever yeah. your yeah. whatever your heart's desire yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I would love to have you on again sometime, okay. Melanie. Yeah, and we'll do that. This has been a great talk. I so much appreciate your time and your wisdom. And I hope the folks who are listening appreciate the information they got and they help. They, I hope it helps them in their life because I know going over the steps of asking who am I, <laughs> what am I doing, and yes. what I'm am I here for. That, that sounds so simple to ask that, but it takes a, a amount of practice of you know just 
quieting the nervous system mm-hmm. and quieting the mm-hmm. mind and letting mm-hmm. the answers come to you. Yeah. But, um, at least it's a, be patient and it's a process. Exactly. Absolutely. And it's kind of like life. <laughs> be patient and it's a process. <laughs> it's a process. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it simple. Be happy. <laughs> Keep it simple. Yes, that's right. Uh, well, right, thank you, I'm 